Welcome to the Health and Wellness Practitioners Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Danielle Angela. In this show, I and my guest experts will talk about everything from getting your practice started to developing your clinical skills, growing your practice your way, and of course, dealing with the real stuff like burnout and work-life balance. Whether you've been practicing for decades or just started your journey, you'll find something here for you. So take a deep breath and enjoy the show. Welcome everyone to the Health and Wellness Practitioners podcast. I am excited to be bringing you a guest to the show today who's going to be talking about chat GPT. And I, as I was sharing with her before we were recording, this is becoming a very hot topic, especially in the health and wellness industry, the health and wellness space. So I'm excited to see how this conversation unfolds. Before we dive in, let me say hello to uh, Tara Trotter, our guest, and we're going to start with the rapid fire questions. You ready, Tara? Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Yes, you're welcome. All right. So question number one is when there are so many different paths that are available in the health and wellness industry, why did you choose the one that you have taken? Yeah. So I think that finding good healthcare providers is so, so important. And it has been instrumental in my journey and my self-development. So being able to help good providers reach more people um, seems like a logical step in business for me. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Question number two is what fills you up? Hearing other people's stories. Oh, <laughs> beautiful. Um, number three, what do you like the least about running a business? Um, having to be organized and show up for things on time. <laughs> <laughs> I could relate to that. I think actually, like if we look at the opposite of showing up on time, it's time freedom, right? And um, having both time freedom and financial freedom is a very delicate balance. And especially as a business owner, we can find ourselves working all the time and overcommitting and just doing all the things and quickly eroding the time freedom that we actually are looking for. For sure. All right. Question number four What book do you think that everyone should read? Uh, it's Not Your Money by Tosha Silver. I love that book. Do you? Yes. Oh my gosh, I love her work so much. And I think that even when we're talking about that time freedom piece too, um, being able to like embody abundance in the form of time, money, whatever it is, right, is so important. And that book was instrumental for me because as you know, it kind of gives like a step-by-step guide of how to practice doing the work. So love it. 10 out of 10 recommend. I listened to that one on audible and I listened to it. I was going to California, but I don't remember what for. I just remember being on the plane and listening to that book the whole way there and the whole way back and really, really loving it. Okay. Last question on a scale of zero to 10, how crunchy are you? I would say five. Nice. I think five is a nice balance. (laughs) I aim to be a 22, but I'm actually more like a seven and a half. <laughs> cool. Okay, so let's dive into Chat GPT, my friends. First things first, what is Chat GPT for those that have no clue what we're talking about? Yeah, so Chat GPT is an AI language model. Um, and what it does is after being prompted, it's going to generate human like text for you. So the applications are really limitless. And I hope that we'll get to talk about some of the uses outside of we really like using it for marketing, but um, it's there's so much that you can do with it. And 
it is one of the most powerful AI language models available to us right now, especially for free. Hmm. So there are alternatives, in other words, to Jack chat GPT. How does someone decide which one they want to utilize? What I would recommend doing is testing some out. I've done a lot of testing. I've paid for some upgraded accounts. There are some out there that are more specific to marketing um, and have a lot of advertising power behind them. Mm -hmm. And I encourage you to try them, test them out, see what fits. Um, You may find that you prefer the way that one model is generating text for you versus another. But for us, ChatGPT sort of allows uh, for a lot of freedom. And it really is like a back and forth conversation, which allows us to get more accurate outputs or outputs that are closer to what we're looking for, seeking from it. So speaking of outputs, can you talk a bit more about what people are using ChatGPT for? Yeah. So the applications for marketing your practice specifically are really endless. When we're talking about email marketing, website copy, social media captions, even marketing strategy and content calendars, it can really do it all. So if you need something that is written, uh, even a video script, for example, you can have ChatGPT chat GPT, <laughs> produce it for you and take some of the time that you're spending on marketing off of your plate, as well as the capacity. That's what I really love it for. Um, as a agency owner, what I have found is that it is allowing me to, yes, work faster, but also take that mental capacity that goes into content creation off my plate a little bit, which is a total game changer because it frees up room to create more, uh, spend time outside of work, right? And lean into that time freedom that we were talking about. And so I think when we're talking about that question of like, what can it create? Um, what can you ask it to output? It could be anything. What we really love to do with it as well is have it analyze samples of writing that feel like on brand and really represent us and capture the essence of who we are. Um, it does a really good job of acting as different roles. So you can say act as an expert copywriter. Although I would caution you there because the internet is inherently salesy and that's where ChatGPT is pulling its information from. So you do have to be a little bit careful, um, but you can also have it act as um, an expert writing analyzer and it will tell you about your brand voice and tone and help you succinctly describe to people on your team uh, who you are, what you're about, what things need to sound like. So it's great to pass along to your customer service people or your admin assistant, your virtual assistant, whoever's communicating with clients on your behalf. Or you can feed it back to ChatGPT and have it create more of that stuff that you love. Mm-hmm. So in the small business setting where like we have a solo practitioner, maybe a solo practitioner with a virtual assistant or an office assistant, what are some ways that they would anticipate being able to use this to help them save time? I think one of the things that I hear the most and in my my work with clinicians as well, is that when they're outsourcing, they feel like the people that they're outsourcing to don't necessarily capture 
their brand, their essence. They don't necessarily write the same. Um, And so while ChatGPT is not going to be a subject matter expert on your craft and the work that you are doing, the clinical work that you're doing, it can help you streamline some of that outsourcing that you're doing so that that person or people can better communicate, whether it's on social media, through email, like direct client communications, Um, it can streamline some of those processes. So this could look like creating templates for client communication. It could look like generating captions for social media, blog outlines, and then you can have it begin to actually write the blog itself as well. Um, And it always does require some finessing and some editing. You might have to re-prompt it. There's work that goes into getting out what you want. And it can sort of streamline that process. The other thing that you can do is you can connect the tech. And we played around with this. I don't have a, a surefire workflow just yet. You can actually connect it to certain email providers through Zapier and create automation as well, which is really cool. So... Well, that's very interesting. So in the case that someone receives a lot of emails about scheduling um, new patient appointments or uh, follow-up visits, for example, they could create a template that's like an autoresponder to that email inquiry that might direct them to, let's say, their online booking instead. A hundred percent. And what you're doing by using ChatGPT, because sure, anybody could write that autoresponder and have it either ready to go or have it automatically send through the email provider as soon as something comes in. However, again, you're saving that sort of capacity, that brain power that you would put into writing really good copy, right? Um, you get to save that because of course, I know that this is your Um, whole thing is relationship-based marketing, right? Relationship is so important. And while it might seem counterintuitive to have a robot, like do your your marketing for you and create relationship with your people, it's not. And being able to save that capacity allows you to potentially refine other places where people are getting in touch with you that maybe aren't facilitating that creation of that relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So some clinical or sorry, not clinical, some practical applications would be um, having chat GPT write blog posts, uh, maybe even email newsletters. It could create social media posts. And of course, as it's giving you the output on these things, then you have the autonomy to read what you're getting and make modifications before it's posted I think that's a big concern for a lot of health and wellness practitioners because they want to make sure that the information not only is like in their brand voice, but more specifically is accurate because we have liability involved in what we're posting <laughs> online or even just saying to our patients or clients too. So we want to make sure that, um, yes, that it's accurate. Actually, that was a question that someone had asked me to bring up during the interview today is how can we how can we, um, I don't know what the word is, like how can we tell that chat GPT is going to give us accurate information? Um, and I think that this was coming more so from like a clinical perspective than a marketing perspective. So I'm mm. not sure, I'm not sure that that's even something that you um, would would be familiar with. Like people going to chat GPT, for example, instead of um, WebMD, 
to get information about their symptoms. <laughs> and then um, what are we doing or how, how can we intervene perhaps if they're getting inaccurate information? Yeah. So that's one of the limitations of ChatGPT. Sometimes it doesn't understand context. Also, it's you know pulling from the internet. And the reality is there isn't always accurate information out there. So when you are using it in that way, you do run the risk of potentially sharing misinformation, um, but just being on the receiving end of it as well. So I would caution folks um, to not use it in that way. It's actually really interesting. Um, My business partner, Megan, her cat recently was ill and um, she like put the symptoms into chat GPT to see kind of what it might spit out at her and uh, like looking at what might be wrong or what might be going on. Um, and it was inaccurate. <laughs> it was wholly inaccurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it did not say what the vet said. Um, and I think that that's just a really great example um, in the same way that we shouldn't maybe be using Google in that way. We can't use chat GPT in that way. We don't recommend it using it in that way. And we also have to do our due diligence. We have to take responsibility over specifically if we're having it make content for us, um, what we're putting out. We have to do our due diligence. We have to review and edit and revise and fact check. And it is limited. The good news is it is this technology is the worst that it will ever be today. (laughs) <laughs> it's always learning, which I know is scary for some people. Um, it's it's the worst that it'll ever be today. So it's continually improving. And maybe we'll get to a point one day soon where it will be accurate and we can rely on what the output is. But I think right now we just can't. Mm, yeah, that's a great point. Thank you. And this relates to something else that someone asked in the comments of a post I had made on Facebook today. Um, in preparation for our time together. This question is, if there's any reason that someone in the health and wellness industry shouldn't use um, chat GPT. I think I think you've kind of answered it in a different way, perhaps. Are there any other things, any other reasons why someone in the health and wellness industry shouldn't use something like this? I don't think so. And I think I am definitely in the camp that we should be using it. I think it's really useful. I think it's a great tool. I think we just have to be mindful of the applications. Uh, Something that I've seen recently as well was that um, I've seen a course being sold where people are using it in clinical work. And for me, that is something that I don't want to touch just because I think that it's potentially unethical. And also uh, ChatGPT is just so limited at that at this point in that way. It doesn't replace a human and it doesn't replace a subject matter expert and a clinician who has studied and has worked in their field and, and, and. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interestingly, you know, we can Google symptoms, but the symptoms are not always Googleable. And there is a very intangible aspect that um, is at play when a clinician, especially has years, decades of experience. Sometimes they've seen something once or twice before, but just having seen something um, that's not common or is unusual once or twice before. It, it allows you to easily identify it when you see it again in the future um, as like, oh, I've seen this. It's this, it's this condition or um, 
this set of symptoms, you need to do this. And yeah, I don't, I don't know that that, well, at least not now, <laughs> I don't know if that's replaceable um, by AI technology. I don't think so. And so I think it just gets to be a tool that we leverage in order to make parts and pieces of the work that we do easier, more efficient, et cetera. This is an interesting question from a friend that I went to high school with. Actually, she says, how accurate, I'm really jumping topics here. Bear with me. How <laughs> accurate are the calculations for macros and appropriate meal planning through chat GPT? Okay, so this is related, but also not related. You can see like people are people are kind of curious about using a platform like this to get really specific information. Um, but this, I think, relates to what we've been talking about because, you know, you're you're talking about limitations and like you're using chat GPT for your purposes and your business um, to create marketing content. Right. And not for clinical advice. So um, do you have any further thoughts, I guess, on hmm, what the limitations are for use right now, at least in regard to a situation like this where someone's going to apparently use chat GPT to get calculations from macros and meal planning? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting use case. And I can actually speak a little bit to it. So I don't know how accurate it would be. I think that's something, again, that you would have to do your due diligence on and fact check after. However, the applications for like real life personal stuff like this it is so interesting. So um, Megan, my business partner, was going on a girl's trip, a weekend trip, and they rented an Airbnb and had to buy groceries so what she was actually able to do was use ChatGPT to create the meal plan. Um, and it, of course, can pull recipes from the internet. Um, it could organize the grocery list. It could manage some of the dietary restrictions. So there were folks in the group that were gluten-free, um, vegetarian. And I think there was a couple other dietary restrictions. And ChatGPT actually provided um, options for everybody in the group. And by splitting the grocery list appropriately, she didn't end up with like 10 heads of garlic um, to take home at the end of the weekend, right? And so in the case that you're talking about, is it going to be accurate? And um, is it going to give you specifics? Maybe, and it might be okay. But I think it's the same as using something like MyFitnessPal, right? Just because the data is already inputted in there doesn't mean that it's accurate, right? It could have been user-generated. And so it's something that we do have to be mindful of when we're using these things that make our life easier. Sure, it's easier to use the macros that have already been inputted into MyFitnessPal. And we want to make sure that if we're serious about those calculations and what we're putting into our body, if that's important to us, we're going to want to look into it further, right? We're going to want to make sure that that's accurate. So I think in that way, this is similar um, and again, it's pulling information from a place where it's so vast. It also doesn't have um, super updated information. So anything that has been um, and that has happened or has existed on the internet past 2021, it's not ChatGPT is not pulling from that data. So it's not great for things that are like current events, um, things that have happened in recent history, 
um, new ideas, thoughts, and movements, it's not going to necessarily capture that when you're using it if it's relevant to your output. So that's something to be mindful of too. But I think if we can experiment with what it can do for us, depending on what we like, depending on our use case, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it really gives us the opportunity, I think, to um, to explore its use and also find new ways that it can improve our lives and different ways that maybe we hadn't thought of previously. So I can't answer the question for sure. I haven't used it for that purpose, but I think it's really interesting. And um, I think that it will continue to improve over time. And maybe at some point you could just trust what it spits out at you. Um, But I would be really mindful right now if you're having it create, you know, that meal plan and those calculations for you. Yeah. Okay, cool. So um, someone else asked about the the options in regard to AI platforms, the options that are available already, even at this point, how do we know which are the best trained, which are the least biased, which makes sense for us to utilize for different purposes, perhaps? Mm. We don't. Mm. <laughs> so um, I think, again, kind of what I talked about earlier, there are some that um, are specific to marketing. Um, however, what I found in their use is that, um, they may be limited in what they output, um, and there may be limitations in the tone that they can produce. So I would say, um, ChatGPT right now is your best bet to play around with in all areas. Um, there may be some that pop up in like niche specific groups. I'm kind of thinking about the example that you just brought up about, um, the macro calculation. Maybe that's something that exists in a really niche market, and maybe that would be a great tool. I don't know. Um, I'm sure we're going to see lots of that popping up over time. Mm -hmm. And my advice would be just to try them on, see what works for you, do your due diligence so that you can see uh, what is accurate based on what you're using it for and what you need it to output for you. That's my next question for you is for someone that's interested in trying this out, for example, and just kind of seeing what it does. And if they feel in alignment with using it further from that point, where do they even go? Where do they start? So I would, like I said, start with ChatGPT. So you could go to openai.com. There'll be a button on there that says try ChatGPT. You can sign up. Um, You can even log in with Google. So it's nice and easy if that is what you want to do. And what I would suggest that you do is start with telling it about yourself. If you're going to be using it for business and marketing purposes, I would also start to train it on your business. So the really cool thing about it is that it gets better over time. It gets better as you use it. And I would really encourage folks to uh, capture like some heart-centered stuff about who they are and what they believe and dump that in. So what we like to do, we call it empathetic end notes. Um, We work with a lot of mental health therapists. And so what you can actually do is, yeah, just sort of have almost this like verbal vomit. Um, We like to do it in like a talk to text format. So you can use the notes app on your phone. You could use a Google doc, whatever, um, and just dump into it your thoughts, feelings, beliefs, opinions, um, things that you believe to be true and talk about your work, talk about the basis of your practice, those types of things. What you can then do with that is dump it into ChatGPT 
so that it begins to understand not only the work that you do, but who you are as a person, as a human and a clinician. On top of that, then you want to feed it like the basic stuff too, right? So you would talk about um, the name of your practice, your credentials. You might talk about your ideal client and target market. You may talk about the services that you offer. If you run a multidisciplinary clinic, you might talk about some of those things. So it really is just about giving it enough information to be able to do what you want it to do. And then, like I said earlier, you can dump in some writing samples that are like, so you, so on brand Mm -hmm. that really capture the essence of what you're doing. And again, this doesn't have to be business, but it's uh, like, you know, almost like checking the boxes and then adding that like human piece of who you really are and what you believe um, seems to be sort of the formula to get it to do what you want, but you can have it analyze things that you already love that you've created and it can just help you make more of it. Mm. Okay. So one of my last questions for you is the most controversial question. (laughs) Um, I just had a conversation yesterday, actually, with someone we were talking about the interview today and artificial intelligence in general, with our limited scope of knowledge about artificial intelligence. And she was like, "Mm, I don't know, I'm not sure I'm really feeling this. And I was like, yeah, I get it. Um, Also, I think at the invention of radio, possibly electricity, the telephone, television, movies, social media, the internet before that, every step along the way, people have said, this is going to be the destruction of humanity. And I've heard people um, also say that about um, artificial intelligence in general and platforms like ChatGPT. This is going to destroy our um, culture. It's going to be the end of humanity. We're going to become, we're all going to become taken over by robots. (laughs) Um, And I giggle and there's also part of me that's like, oh gosh, what if that's true? So what are your thoughts? How, what are your thoughts? And then also what what could you offer someone that's feeling a lot of fear about yeah. technology? So first I would say to you, that is so valid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it is, it really is because we don't know. Maybe robots are going to take over the world. <laughs> um, you know, total Roomba domination, um, unplug your robot vacuum before you go to sleep tonight. No, but I, and I, I say it lightheartedly, it, the fear is valid. And I think that it is a real concern. Like I was mentioning to you before we uh, went live today, one of my clients sent me an article over the weekend about how, yeah, that's a, a real concern. Um, you know, we've heard calls and there's been petitions that powerful and important people in the world have signed for, for companies to halt development of this technology for six months. That's very real. And I'm definitely of the mind that this is a tool that I want to explore. I'm somebody who's really excited by technology. Um, I work with a lot of uh, clinical content creators who are influencers, right? They are using social media to reach more people, to make an impact. And I think that that is really important work. There's always two sides, right? To every coin. And so I think in the case of social media, I'll speak to that because it's really like part of the work that I do. We can be fearful of it and we can look at all of the negatives and we can sort of operate from that place of fear around it and not get online and not put our work out there and not make an impact. 
Yeah. And I think that that doesn't serve anyone. Mm-hmm. I think it's more important to take that fear along with you and put your work into the world because it's important and it's going to impact people. You have this insane tool, right? To connect in ways that just simply are not possible um, in a traditional one-to-one private practice model. That's just the reality. And I don't think that we should be doing clinical work on social media. That's not what I'm saying. It's simply a tool to help people and impact lives in a different way. And I think that the conversation around AI, I kind of fall into a similar camp on that as well. I really do believe that it is a tool that's allowing me, myself right now in practice to do work that is still aligned, put out content that is still aligned, right? That still um, supports my mission, is on brand, is in alignment with who I am, is helping me build those relationships, and it's saving me time and giving me more capacity. So I'm somebody who's really excited about it. I had also mentioned to you before we went live, and this might be too meta for some people listening, I am someone who's excited by like wearable technology, augmented reality. I would love to put on a pair of glasses one day and have it keep up with my brain and be able to, um, you know, handle a million ideas a minute. I'm definitely somebody who is very creative and I'm always, you know, moving faster than what my hands um, and my mind can create with me. There's always new things dropping in here. So for me to be able to, like I said, it's really for me less about the time and more about that capacity that it's able to save, to be able to get some of that capacity back to pour into other areas and other things um, or to pour into my family or you know step away from work and to be able to do the things that I want to do and live and lead a fulfilling life that's valuable. Mm -hmm. So while I think the fear is valid, and I do believe that this isn't for everybody. And if you're someone who's listening, who is just simply not on board, that's okay. Right? There's room for the totality of it. It can be scary and awesome. It can be not for you and for someone else. Right? And I just think if you are someone who's excited about it, and is curious and wants to explore, I encourage you to do so. But when and if you discover that it's not right for you, also feel validated in that choice too. And, you know, stick with that. Um, it is one of those things that I think is going to continue to be polarizing. And I hope that the impact is overall positive. But then I also think about, you know, uh, the advancement in technology around like deep fakes and things like that. And you know, the negative impact of these technologies is very real. So I never want to minimize that. And for me on an individual level, it feels exciting. I hope that systemically there can be checks and balances and legislation put in place so that we can protect vulnerable populations, so that we can protect, you know, people who are being taken advantage of with this technology. Um, And I'm really excited about it at the same time. So there's like, uh, a lot of both and happening for me in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And I can also um, anticipate, you know, some of the objections from people um, because I I am like a part of the community, if you will. I, I'm just like all of our listeners and I'm right there in the trenches with them. I know what they're thinking and how they're feeling. And um, 
I I can reflect back to anyone who's feeling like, oh, I don't know about this technology. Um, chances are you're already engaging with and utilizing technology that just a few years ago, someone else was like, oof, I don't know about this technology, whether it's an aura ring or, you know, a Fitbit or an Apple watch, or the list can go on and on. There's so many things now that we have available. And, you know, I don't have any wearable devices by like conscious choice, but I do see a lot of people in our community that are using them. And I'm like, awesome for you. Not for me. Not right now. Although I'm actually (laughs) on the verge of possibly changing my opinion on that. <laughs> so we'll oh, see if that with me in about a month. <laughs> I'll have made a decision. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I just, I just want to remind everyone, like it's really easy to get wrapped up in the fear of, of new things, of changes in our culture, of changes in technology. Um, and there's, I think in some ways, sources that uh, um, stimulate that fear on purpose And yet, like, we continue to move forward as a society, despite all the things that we've been afraid of over the last few years, here we are, we're still, we're still here, we're still doing it, (laughs) and we've made it, and we'll continue to make it for, I think, a lot longer as well. Totally. And I think, too, about when you're, when you're talking about this, there's AI, AI is so pervasive in so many areas of our life, so uh, you know, when you log in to a website and there's a chat bot, that's AI. And we tend to really not like chat bots, which I think is fine. They definitely don't do as good of a job with customer service as a human does. Um, but then I also think about like Alexa or Siri. And I personally am someone who dabbles and really loves um, the reminders and the support and to be able to set timers and, and, and the list goes on for me. Um, but it's everywhere. You know, your your bank is using it to protect you against fraud. Like it is so pervasive. And so I think just really also educating yourself and recognizing all of the areas in which AI is already a part of your life that you do love and appreciate, right? That is useful for you because yeah, there's there's definitely two sides to the coin. There is both the good and the bad. Um, and being able to Hold the totality of that, I think sometimes is challenging. And I love being able to hear other people's perspectives. I love hearing that you're not totally sold on wearables, but maybe you're on the fence. And um, I think it's really cool just to be able to open up the conversation with the people around us and hear those and and receive those different perspectives. Um, And also, you know, lean in and do our own learning in that way as well. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for being open to having that conversation. Okay. So for people that are listening, who want to learn more about you and what you do, where's the best place for them to go? Yeah. So you can find us over on Instagram at the standout therapist, and you can also check us out online at the standouttherapist.com. And we've actually got a free resource uh, related to chat GPT up there right now for you. So if you want to snag that, you can um, share your information and we'll get it over to you. Awesome. Well, Tara, thank you so much for being willing to come on and talk about this today. I think that, um, you know, probably in a year from now, we'll get to have another conversation, like an update (laughs) and talk about what's changed and how things are going. For sure. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. 
Hey, thanks so much for joining me for today's episode. If you love this podcast, then be sure to join our free community, the Health and Wellness Practitioners Group over on Facebook, where you can continue the discussion and get to know other people in the community as well. We're a group of chiropractors, naturopaths, acupuncturists, midwives, doulas, massage therapists, mental health therapists, counselors, nutritionists, and the list goes on. So come join us, get to know other people, build some personal and professional relationships. You can find the group by heading to drdanielleangela.com forward slash community and request to join the group. I will see you inside from there.